0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at hearstranch.com.
2: My name is Hannah Forden. I'm the membership coordinator at Heritage Radio Network, but even before I joined the team, I loved listening to HRN during my subway commute. It made the time go quickly and left me feeling inspired for the day ahead. HRN listeners tune in from all over the world, but there are a few traits that we all have in common, no matter where we listen from. A curious palate, the fierceness to make a difference, and a hunger for lifelong learning about the culinary world. As you know, Heritage Radio Network is a listener supported nonprofit. To deliver the most ambitious, entertaining, and of the moment stories in 2018, we need your help. We need to raise $150,000 by December 31st to accomplish these goals and to keep your favorite shows on the air. Together, we can make this HRN's most exciting, impactful, and delicious year yet. Become a member by donating today. Join us at heritageradionetwork.org and you'll immediately start enjoying benefits such as VIP invitations to HRN events, where you will mix and mingle with your favorite hosts. Memberships also make a perfect holiday gift for all the foodies in your life. This year, why not give the gift of food radio? You'll hear your generosity in action for the year to come. Help keep our lights on and our mics hot by pledging your support today at heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for listening.
1: So you don't, don't shun the, the, devil devil the devil with your rock and roll load. No. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The
3: devil oh. runs his groove in that rhythm and blues. that him. It's gonna get Welcome back to The Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Souther Teague. Hey. Hey, buddy. How was your Thanksgiving, man? Man. You spent it with your your, your (laughs) granddad and a turkey?
4: You know, that was my tradition for (laughs) years. That was my tradition for years. Uh, The inside joke there is that for about a, a dozen years, I would spend Thanksgiving. It's not a sad thing, but I would spend it alone. It was a day that I took for myself but I would spend it with a bottle of old granddad and a bottle of wild turkey so that I could deflect the, the questions. People would say, oh, come over to our house for Thanksgiving. Or, or you know, You're, you got nobody in town? Come to our house. I would say, no, no, I'm just, I got a turkey and my granddad is going to be great. So it was like a, a little camouflage. Um, but uh, for the past few years, I spend Thanksgiving out on Long Island at uh, Dale and Jill DeGroff's house. And that's like, uh, it's been, it, it's, like going, it's like being on the Partridge family. Like, eventually, (laughs) eventually Jill will start playing the piano, Dale will accompany on his guitar, there's a few songs, there are games that are played, you know, the big Rockwellian turkey comes out, and, like, it's a, it's the most surreal and wholesome event that I do all year, for sure. Like, maybe even, it may may eclipse the wholesomeness of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so it was great. Um, and what'd you do? I see you're in Vermont on your Instagram. Were you, were you there for Thanksgiving or just after?
3: No, I, I went there because um, we took a week the off the show, day. so I haven't seen you in two weeks. Yeah, sure. Sure, I missed you, buddy.
4: Me too, buddy. Oh. I, you know, I, we, the 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 genius of social media means I, I feel like I'm I'm hanging out with you all the time.
3: That yeah, that <clears throat> I get that. I get that for sure. Um, yeah, I went to uh, I went to a bunch of uh, different things on on Thanksgiving. Probably extra fancy for their thing. Thank you, Danny Neff, um, for inviting me to that. Uh, Went by Tiki Adams Place. Always a great, very wholesome time as well. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And uh, yeah, then I I headed up with uh, my buddy uh, Justin Lane Briggs, who's been on the show before uh, a couple times. Uh, He works for Skurnik, bartender. um, Just popped up there to Vermont never been to that part of the world before. Uh, That
4: shocks me. You seem like the type of person who would really enjoy Vermont.
3: Well, you know... I ride choppers, so my gas tank is really small, so I can't really go that far before I have to like, refuel a bunch of times. So, sure. Uh, also, it was snowing. So, uh, yeah, I got to go to uh, uh, Vermont and hang out with uh, him and his mom, Karen. Happy birthday, Karen. That um, was yesterday. Um, and I uh, got to check out some really cool spots. We were in Burlington and Winooski, which I realized is the Onion River, which is awesome, a river of onions. like. <laughs> It's like it's like someone just throwing a Gibson at your face. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. But um, a river
4: of Gibson. Yeah,
3: <laughs> but uh, yeah. I actually got to go by um, a couple of cool places. Uh, went by the uh, Mad River Distilleries, like Outpost in Burlington. Met Neil, who's uh, the secretary of uh, Secretary of Treasurer of uh, USBG in Vermont, oh, cool. and then uh, went by uh, a place called Waterworks. And and Winuski did like was, like right on the river. It's Beautiful, big, beautiful restaurant and bar. Uh, the uh, it, it's it's an old mill that's like on the river and it was just I mean, like it's, so cool, man. It like it's like pastoral beauty up there, like that's for sure. Yeah, totally, man. And like, and also there was another birthday being had that uh, it was on Saturday night. Uh, the guy uh, who runs the the bar program there, uh, Sam Nellis, uh, he uh, such a great great bar staff and a great uh, bartender. It's like just cool to see like, you know, like, you know, we talk about this a lot on the show. It's like we live in this little tiny bubble and even like Justin and I, when we're driving back to New York City, uh, kind of begrudgingly actually (laughs) after being (laughs) in all that uh, zone, you know, we're like, man, it's like we're, there's like even so much that like we live in this tiny little bubble in New York City. There's like stuff that's happening. Like Justin's about to move to like City Island Uh, on the Bronx and stuff. It's like, dude, there's stuff happening everywhere. You know, it's like, I say it all the time. It's a big, beautiful world despite all the politics and religion and all that bullshit. It's like, some fucking cool shit happening, man, all over the place. And like, we're very lucky to be like living in this time where there's so much progressive culinary uh, and, and, Mixology vibes That are happening In these different places I mean shit I was uh, in Montpelier Where you went to <laughs> yeah. uh, Culinary school
4: Where I taught culinary school
3: Where you taught At culinary school yeah, right? I went to
4: culinary school In San Francisco
3: Yeah right But then you taught At NECI Yeah Which is the New England Culinary yeah. Institute You got it So uh, yeah We were hanging out there We went to uh, Charlie O's
4: Yep <laughs> When I was there It was one of the Only two bars in town Yeah, yeah. Smallest state capital In the country Montpelier
3: It's crazy man It's, <clears> it's, it's crazy small Yeah
4: it's adorable. The, the daytime population of the town more than doubles based on 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 people going to work, but at uh, at night it's eight thousand people. It's insane. <laughs> there there are eight thousand people on my block in in yeah. in, in New York. <laughs> it's what, did you,
3: what did you do? Like, how did you end up there? Like,
4: uh, I mean, you know, uh, that's when I was a chef down in New Orleans, and
3: um, so you went from like the hottest place to the coldest place, basically. Yeah,
4: exactly. I had I hadn't worn a pair of pants in three years, and then I were you
3: wearing at least shorts or uh,
4: oh. I mean, most of the time. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, I got the call to move up there. I'd never been a uh, sight unseen. I took the job because it was a, a job of some prestige at the time. Uh, um, and uh, I arrived in Montpelier, Vermont in August, where it, it has on record snowed uh, in August. So I went from like <laughs> the armpit of hell to the you know the witch's teat, as they say like oh, it was called that's my name that name again is Mr. I started a, plow. I started a, a, a burgeoning uh, plow business. Um <clears throat> no I taught up there for, for almost two years. Um but speaking of culinary school grads and whatever uh our guest today also went to culinary school um and look how he turned out now he's in the bar biz. Uh we got we got Micah Melton of uh, uh you, where do you live now? Are you Chicago or New York? Which are you? Uh, New York, for the time being. And you're here because you came over to open the
5: office. Right. So the office opened late June, and then we just opened the aviary portion at the end of September. So I've been here a little bit before June, just kind of getting everything set up, but here through the end of the year, and then going yeah. back to Chicago when it's when it's brisk there. Yeah, so. it, sound, it sounds
3: like a good time of year to yeah, go right. back to Chicago. <laughs> right. So, okay, so let's, yeah, man, let's talk about, god damn, you guys are, I mean, the aviary... It's massive.
4: You have heard of it? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like
3: a, a crazy, crazy program that has won like all like all the awards. Sure. If there's an award, they've at least gotten a yeah. nod from it. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, let's let's talk about. I mean, I want to get into that. Uh, obviously, I mean, we should definitely talk about what we do on the show. A lot of times, we talk about how. You got into it. I yeah. mean, we're, you went to culinary school, but you were also a computer programming major. Right. Like, like what the yes, fuck? yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who yeah, the give, fuck are you, man? Give
4: us, uh, give us some of your background leading up to where you're at uh, now, and then we'll, we'll dive deep into
5: what you do now. Right. Yeah? So I guess when I, was, when I was just getting out of high school, I was kind of terrified to move to a big city, and so I... I well, well, let's, kind of, let's start yeah, there. Where, where, where'd where, you go where, to high school? Uh, Davenport, Iowa. So, mm. so it was not not a small place. It's definitely bigger than Montpelier, but we're about <laughs> three hundred thousand there. But I, at the time, I just was I thought that when you went to culinary school, you had to move to New York and go to the CIA or go to Kendall in Chicago or or whatever. And I didn't research that well and just kind of followed what the rest of my family had done. So I went to to college at University of Iowa, uh, computer science, and absolutely hated it and dropped out and kind of blamed it on the school and. And I guess more of the path because I thought I wanted to like make video games and you know what kids want to do when they're seventeen nowadays. Um, <laughs> and so I ended up dropping out and then moving to a, a more technical school and doing computer computer programming. And Which, again, just kind
4: of—I have to say—that sounds like if, if 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 the one wasn't good, how did that, that sounds worse?
5: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a little more hands on and a little. I mean, I took I took a college uh, calculus class with my sister who's. Six years older than me and way smarter than me, because she was uh, getting her master's, so she had to go back and take some of the same classes as me. And that's when I kind of realized I was like, "Wow, I'm, I'm a. I really don't like school, and b. I'm really, really hate math. So like, what am I doing? <laughs> out of your depth. I mean, way yeah. Out of your depth. All of a sudden, right. So uh, I moved schools, and it was a little more, a little, a little more involved on what I actually thought I liked to do. But then, you know, at one point, I kind of just like looked at myself and was like, "Do I really want to sit and stare at a computer screen for 40-50 hours a week? To a certain extent, yeah, like to play the video games, but not necessarily to work on yeah. on programming or whatever like that. So I, I dropped out again and then finally realized that like I should just go to, to culinary school. I always had a passion for it and always liked it and started working in restaurants and bars around that time. Um, and so I just went to, to culinary school kind of back where it was familiar. So I went to school in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. It's called Kirkwood. Um, it's actually a really good program. It was a community school, but... They had just built a hotel, which was attached to the school, so the program was like kind of up and coming, and um, it was it was really good. I didn't actually make it all the way through again, so I dropped out three times. Uh, <laughs> I always uh, joke that my mom's charm. Yeah, yeah, my mom's really proud of me for that. Um, but you know, at the time, I had a job offer from you know a, one of the best fine dining restaurants in I O, which you know doesn't mean anything now. But at the time, you know, like I guess the experience for me was more valuable than. The piece of paper, so.
4: I mean, you know, when I, I went to culinary school myself, <clears throat> and frankly, I don't tell a lot of people this, but now I'm about to right on the air. I, I, I kind of regretted it. And then for years after going to culinary school, I would talk to people who would say, oh, I think I need to go to culinary school. And I would say, don't. <laughs> right. I would say, get get yourself a, a, a moleskin and a pin, go get two jobs, work at one sort of, you know, junky place uh, that's that's crushing through a lot of volume and work at one nice place. Do both those jobs for six months and quit them, quit them both. right? And then do that again. Do that four times, and you've got uh, your two-year degree if you take notes and, take qu- and ask questions. And you get, and and you you get paid. paid yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, I got recruited to teach at a culinary school, and I changed my tune for two years. <laughs> <laughs> Just call it very important. you got to go. right? And then and I don't work there anymore, and I go back to this this theme. I did, um, I so, ever- so I get it. like Dropping out and going and getting the actual pri- – because it's not like being a lawyer or, or a, a – Airline pilot, you don't have to go to school, right, to be a chef.
3: But I also find it interesting. If we back up for a second, that and as you guys both grab your beers, very with, like, <laughs> if the you're going to talk, I'm going to drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, I find it funny, like talking about like 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 staring because I was a graphic designer and I got really bored with like staring at computer screens all day, right? right. And and to me, the the they, you were talking about gaming, and to me, work is kind of the game. Like going through a service is kind of like it's kind of a game, you oh, know. For sure, like when you you kind of navigate your way through it, and you come to the end, and if if it's ex, you know if it's successful, then you're like, all right, I win, you know, yeah, yeah. like and, picking
4: up coins the whole way, <laughs> 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 totally. <laughs> but yeah, I and mean,
3: like it's a, it's just a different kind of gaming, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Anyway, but... Uh, sorry. I, it's, that's all right.
4: Um, uh, it's, it's, that's the observation that is life these days. Like, we all... I think I think there's a, a part of us that all... You know, we yeah. have so many screens in front of our face all the time. A, there's a blur between what's what's real and what's yeah. not real.
3: Absolutely.
4: So, like... So, so you're working on so this saying, prestigious... Oh, sorry. No, yeah, of
3: course. Like, going to the, the culinary school to, like, get the... Let's pick back up on that.
5: Right. So, I... I, I Basically took this job offer at, at a fine dining restaurant, and I think we all know at the time fine dining was not really that. Uh, oh, what, what let's back up to that too. I don't,
4: I don't get a good sense of how old you are. What, what time was this? 30, time? Thirty-one.
5: So I graduated high school in two thousand four. This was like two thousand seven. Okay, um, two thousand six, two thousand seven. A Decade ago. Yeah. I, this, I mean, I was I was basically trying to pay my way through that school without getting loans, and I got a, a small loan, but. I was trying to also have jobs at the same time so I wouldn't put myself too far in debt because I had realized that it already did that for two years and like absolutely had nothing out of it. None of those none of those courses transfer to computer, you know, like computer programming calculus doesn't transfer to culinary, obviously. So I was, I felt like I was already in a hole. So I wanted to try to work and, and pay, kind of pay my way more through it so I wasn't as far coming out of it as I was. So I got a job in a, in a bar um, in Iowa City, Iowa, which is like, and college this, capital and this the is the other
4: shoe dropping yeah, right he got a job at a bar <laughs> <laughs> uh,
5: and that was you know I just wanted to pay my rent and um, you know fell in love with the the drinks making side of it and you know it was the it was like the worst bar ever it was it was so trashy like it was uh it was 19 plus in iowa city to drink so you could come into the bars at 19 (laughs) what we were very well known for being a 21st birthday bar so you would have like a slew of underage kids and one person that had just turned 21 sounds like a fucking nightmare man (laughs) and our special was 20 20 dollars or 25 pitchers for 20 dollars Ah, the no. 20, 20 pitchers for $25
4: 20 pitchers yes for 25
5: bucks on your birthday only and oh, on your birthday, like i was yeah. like is that every day holy
4: like shit like i said
5: like you know <laughs> there would be one person that was 21 and, and 23 people that weren't 21 that were like trying to drink all of this beer and like obviously we had to police try to police that, and, that oh, quite I, Jesus, a bit i don't I trust a, that like, Why like on
4: earth would a place let 19 yeah. <laughs> like if,
5: if a place has like dollar
3: oysters and kumamotos or On the list. On the list. I'm like, something's suspect. "Eh, Yeah, I I don't trust that shit, man. Dude, I don't even, I I can't even think about like just thinking about like running a bar and like liquor costs and beer costs. I can't even, I can't even think of like the the cheapest, shittiest fucking beer that
4: That would equal 20 pitchers for $25. That's messed
5: up, man. So Uh, that, that was, that was the bar I worked out and it was, you know. It was great because it's high volume and, and I learned that aspect, but it was, you know, well, that, quite the opposite I, okay. of the it's an important part of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh,
4: absolutely. You learn yeah. ergonomics and speed, which you were probably also kind of learning at culinary school as yeah. well, like mise en place, set yourself up for success, et cetera, make a cockpit out of your station, all that jazz. But I'm curious, like, you know, we get a similar story from people all the time of like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And then I got a job at a bar and I fell in love with it. But yeah. you just said that same sentence, sentence or sentiment at least. And then said that you worked at a place that sold 19 year olds 20 pictures for 25.
5: <laughs> <laughs> what on earth did you
4: fall in love with?
5: <laughs> I mean, you was know. it
4: just the fucking adrenaline?
5: <laughs> right. I mean, at the time you don't that sounds you don't,
4: nonstop.
5: Right. You don't really know any better at the time. You get your first couple jobs, and you know you might work at McDonald's or my first my first restaurant job was Red Robin, and I thought it was amazing. And like, if I went back Red now, I would Robin. I would probably hate it. Right. Like but at the time it was you know it was romantic in a way and all my friends could come in and like you know i had friends that weren't 21 too so they could still come in like not like we would serve them but it was it was it was definitely a place that felt more you got a lot more reaction from people than than a restaurant than a fine dining restaurant so it was like complete opposite sides of the spectrum so i think that's you know it's it's cool when you're when you're young to do it and yeah sure Um, it's a, it's a, you know, like your your friends are all looking up to you. Oh my
4: God, he works over at the the 21, the birthday place. Oh God, it's gotta be the best job ever.
5: Right. And you know, they'd come in from, my hometown is about 45 minutes away. So even my friends that didn't go to school there would like drive up and we'd all hang out and like, so it was, it was cool for the, for what it was at the time. And
4: absolutely. It was fun. Yeah. and And it, 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 it bit you. You got the bug there. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we're just at the halfway mark, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and we need to, we do need to get diving into what I'm sure people are tuning in to hear about is, is The Office, because that's a pretty cool program. They got some cool junk over there. They so got cool t- junk, man. They got cool junk, man. Uh, <laughs> they got uh, 20 pitchers for $25, <laughs> only, on your ber- only on your birthday, I- ID <laughs> required. Uh, okay, so we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. We're going to come right back with Micah Melton and talk about the new office in New York City.
0: Don't go in for understanding when you are away. Can't use my heart to think away the time In my room I will await you And so soon I will
4: delete you And tie your finger right on up to mine
1: Sweet Josephine, you live- I'm not one for consolation, never second best I'll practice till I get you right,
3: my dear so And we are back. You're listening to The Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network And we have Michael Melton from The Aviary, The Office, and Red Robin, as it turns <laughs> out
4: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, what was the name of the, the pitcher <laughs> joint?
3: Uh, One-Eyed Jakes. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Of course it was. Oh, man. All right,
4: so we're going to flash forward a little from One-Eyed Jakes and the Red Robin. (laughs) Uh, Then you got a job at a bar in Chicago (laughs) where you started... uh, I mean, how did it get started over there? You became... Your title was Ice Chef. Right. But that's not the... You didn't walk in as that position. No,
5: so I I originally got hired um, to, to be one of the bartenders, essentially, so... We we all got hired and then I started Alinea actually about six months before we opened. So I worked in the kitchen at Alinea for a while, which was amazing and, you know, another layer of, of cool experience. And then from there but you worked in the kitchen there. Yeah. Oh wow. Wow. Yeah. So they kind of they put us all in there just to learn the culture of the company and Run that. and try to kind of spread that as we were expanding. Um, and we, you know, we would work in the kitchen from like six AM until 2 p.m. and then we'd go to there was a little coach house next to it and we would just make cocktails classic cocktails over and over and over for you know four or five hours we'd make we had a day where we literally made i I probably made 120 sazeracs just non-stop 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 we talk about to this day ruined the cocktail for me um but we just wanted to make sure we were all you know all of us had to have the exact same specs build the exact same things we were cooks at the time and like sure for most of us you know like i was the only one that had any bartending experience from the opening team so we, we wanted to, you know, if we walked into a party and someone found out we worked at the aviary, them, you know, and they're like, oh, sweet, make me a Negroni, and one of the bartenders was like, I don't know what that is, I'm just a cook, like, you know, we wanted to kind of avoid that, the, the, I guess the thing we always said was walk before you run, so we wanted to make sure all of us knew it, and it was it was really cool. So there was
3: like a crossover between the the front and back, if you will.
5: Yeah, right, be. exactly. And so, like you know, people That's that had never worked so in cool. kitchens, I love it before. You know, there was a there was a guy whose only experience was Caribou Coffee. He had never worked in food and beverage before, and he was like working at a station in Alinea, which is you know like unheard of. The guy his yeah. first restaurant job ever is at Alinea three Michelin star. So that was that was cool, and it was it was good experience, and three. we learned oh. <laughs> we learned a lot, and we learned a lot really fast, and then uh, we moved over and. Part of that, that process was memorizing those cocktails and, and being able to, to kind of recite the recipes and have it all memorized was the, the best five people that did on the, the test. It was 86 classic cocktails, builds, um, brands, glassware, garnish, history. So the, the five people that did the best out of the seven that were hired would be the five bartenders. Um, and, and I actually was one of the five that, that made the, the cut and a couple of people, one person went to the kitchen and one person, um, went downstairs and like kind of helped with the prep and stuff like that. But I was, I was bartending for a couple of weeks and then right before we were about to open the, the guy that was doing the ice at the time, actually, um, he walked out and took a lot of the recipes and, and kind of the stuff that he had been working on while we were upstairs working on the drinks, he just kind of left and took it all with him. So um we were kind of at a a stall where we we really couldn't open unless we figured out how to do all this stuff that we kind of had promised to people at the time so I offered to to go down there and do it and and try to catch it all back up and um so that that's how I got down to the ice room and it it was it was great you know like I think taking a step back in that sense is like obviously why why I got where I'm at it's like it didn't seem glamorous at the time, but then after we opened you realize that like that is the glamour of, of the aviary in the office is like it's not really about the 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 actual making of the drink, it's about the process to get the drink to the to the guests. So it was cool to to feel like I was a little nervous that I was gonna like be down in the basement and never get any recognition and then we opened and it was like, you know, every story was about the ice or you know, Chef would bring people on tours and he'd show them the ice room. And like, so it was, it felt good at the time.
4: Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And you had, uh, I read somewhere, it was over 30 pieces of ice, 30, 30 <laughs> varieties. What do what you, how, how do you even categorize
5: that? Yeah, so we started, styles, I don't know what's going on. Right. We started, I think when we opened, we had like 26 or 28. And that's just like a flavor counts. A shape counts, a size counts, like Mm -hmm. hand chipped. If you have a sphere, you have a Collins piece, like those are all types, if you will. Even, you know, cold draft counts for us. Sure. Um, but those are those are all in the production of the ice chef. So, you know, they maintain the machines, they clean all the machines and things like that, and then they freeze, make all the stocks, all of that stuff. So it's a it's a bunch of different things kinda all in all in one. Stocks meaning you're making like you're making flavored waters to
4: make into ice. Exactly, yeah. That you then probably Insert some garnish into while it's freezing as well, and of course, those spheres that you've got your blast freezer happening in the balloons. So, right,
3: yeah. The so, I mean, you guys have like Klein Bell machines, stuff like that. So, you're carving, cutting. So, one of the main things that that I know I've, I've not been to uh, the office, the, I, 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 I haven't well, been either. Let's I mean, go. We, I was well. I was just looking at you. I was like, "Wait a minute! What the fuck am I about to say?" Like, I, no, we haven't been there, so let's we should go. But one of the uh, very iconic things I know of from uh, it's either a linear or aviary uh, was the like the old fashioned where it's in a, a, a sphere of ice. And then it comes out to the table, and then whack it with a, a bar spoon, Right. and then it comes it like cracks and, and it just like kind of crumbles into a
4: glass. Right. The old fashioned in the rock,
5: yeah, right. That's what you, that's what
4: you called it in the beginning, right? But it's changed. It's, it's it's morphed.
5: Yeah, it's uh, it's actually an old fashioned in the rocks in Chicago, and here it's like a, it's kind of a cheesy story about New Year's. Um, and, and inspired by the celebration in New York. The ball dropping? But yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, God exactly. <laughs> right. That's, that's Aiden <laughs> Not, Bowie. You can thank him for that one. But check it out he's what chi- it is, cheeky. though.
4: It's cool. Yeah. It's, run
5: it down. So the, the drink now is, um, it's basically three drinks in one. So we start with a little pour of champagne. So before New Year's, you have champagne. Um, then it's an old-fashioned, because right after New Year's, you want to turn up the volume a little bit and, and get your buzz on. So um, bourbon, scotch, green, uh, Szechuan pepper. And the Scotch and Sajuan are supposed to replicate smoke and the buzz in the air. And, you know, like, so there's this whole story about it. Um, and then it's served on Creme de Cassis Granita. So you get this kind of morning after Cure Royale sort of vibe from the, the end of the cocktail. So it's, it's... It's a story, man. Yeah, it's definitely a story. And, uh, you know, that's... It's all we do. Yeah, Stories. Yeah, exactly. hey yeah, man. That's, um, that's... Yeah, that's the, the New York one. But, yeah, the whole... The concept is... It's actually pretty simple when you think about it. It's It's just... Well, cool way to serve a drink. Yeah, it's a cool way to serve a drink that's on the rocks instead of you know, pouring a rice. How many? How many people are on the bar team here? We have there's 14 drink makers, uh, which is what we call them because they're not really tending a bar, and so we get a lot of slack for that. So we've always just called them drink makers. Um, Then we have basically anywhere from like two to five people that do the prep. That's like batching ice, syrups, juice, all that stuff. Um, and then we have four bar managers and then myself. So it's twenty, twenty-two 22 to 25. The whole, as a whole, the aviary in the office is 92 people. How
4: many seats in the in the office?
5: Uh, office is 43 and the aviary is 93. Wow.
4: Cool, the, man. The, that's, that's
5: <laughs> you know what I mean? Like,
4: that's like old school, you know, like when I, used to, uh, when I was younger and, and I was in culinary school, I would try and go to the fanciest restaurants that I could get to and, I remember going to like Russian service restaurants, you know, where there's a server for every guest.
5: (laughs) Yeah. It's definitely fine dining in in style and style of service. So
4: that's insanity, but that's where, that's, well, as Damon just said, you're telling a story and that's where your story is, right? Like, like I'm, you know, I'm at a bar that's completely the opposite. I'll be myself literally 100% alone up against 45 people at a time. Right. But that's the thing I sell, that's the story I'm trying to narrate. So over at the office, you've got this like really intimate thing happening that's uh, intimate and intricate thing happening that the guest feels really pampered and cared for and that that can really show up in the drink itself because it wasn't just one person making that drink as well as a dozen other drinks at the same time. It's one person making, it's two people making that drink, just that drink right now, just for you. (laughs) Right, Right. that's insanity. Speaking of drinks, let's derail for two seconds. You brought us something in an unlabeled bottle that does not look new. (laughs) You just bring us old junk from the closet. Yeah,
5: so this is the speakeasy. So I thought it'd be uh, good to bring a medicinal use only bottle from Prohibition. So, and I know you like old granddad. I do. As the story goes, so this is distilled 1917, bottled 1933, old granddad, um, bourbon, medicinal use only. And where'd you acquire this one? This was so I bought from uh, from a guy in um, Kentucky. Uh, actually, like 18 of these bottles, but I bought a personal one for myself, like kind of the ones that didn't have labels and things like that. I bought for myself, so I brought this to New York with me just to kind of pour for friends and things like that. And it's the end of the bottle; it's gonna start to it's gonna start to go if we don't drink it. So, well, I guess we <laughs> should probably do that then. Yeah, <laughs> let's
4: drink a little bit of this. Let's get a. Thank you so much for yeah. bringing oh, it for us. That's of great. course. Uh, kind of you to share, um, and it smells great.
3: Yeah, I kind of don't want to drink it. I want, I want Mm-mm. the smell. <laughs>
4: well, you've heard me rant and, and rave about uh, that sort of thing. Like,
3: oh man, this is great! Thank uh, you so much. Yeah, this, it really wow. is. very really, cool. Very warming. <laughs> to... I've got a, I've got a question uh, from a listener.
4: Oh, rad! Wait, uh, look at that! What, by Twitter? I... No, just text, man. Oh,
3: okay, cool. <laughs> My friend Marco in uh, Texas was asking. With um Hold on. I, I don't have my glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so um with uh the culinary influence of the bar what is your basically asking like what is the uh what is your process with uh and I think you kind of answered it a little bit earlier in the show, like as far as like uh your classic specs. Um you said you you would sit in hang out for like 4 or 5 hours and make like 120 sazeracs. Right. Um, the the end of that question is do you often check back in on your classic specs. Yeah, right. you so I guess what the question maybe is you 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 guys are making so many
4: Really forward-thinking, cutting-edge, innovative, thoughtful drinks. How often do you kind of go back and look at the sort of you know can't can't
3: like
5: like a daiquiri or a Manhattan, right? Or,
4: yeah, you know, sure. like, can't carve ice if you can't cook rice. So how often yeah. do you go back to <laughs> yeah? To I the mean, basics.
5: I guess restaurants and bars are you know we we kind of look at it as there's nothing that is truly original. Um, everything is you know in in it's cooking it's it's yeah. French technique and you know like you might be the most forward-thinking restaurant in the world, but at the end of the day, you still have to know how to make hollandaise. Um, and that's kind of exactly how we look at it. We can, we can do a whole lot of things, but at the end of the day, it's a bar, and the drinks have to taste good, and they have to be somewhat recognizable. Not every drink, but like, if if it's just so far out there that you're, you're I think then you're just making drinks for yourself and not really making them for your guests. So it still has to be f- like grounded, I guess, in a way. Um, and so that's why it's it's fun to do things like the End the Rocks, which are. It, at the end of the day, it's just an old fashioned, you know, and it, it's exactly the way you would make an old fashioned. You would serve it at, you know, thousands of bars, but we add one extra thing to make it more aviary in a, in a way. Um, but it's 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 an old fashioned at the base. So I guess that's kind of what we always do is is try to remind ourselves that at the end of the day, it's it's still a bar, and there needs to be there needs to be some some foundation for it, and not just. Not just throwing stuff at a wall and seeing what sticks. Right. right,
4: sure. Can you can you like look at a drink that's on the menu and, and like sort of trace it back and go like, oh, in the end, this is a Negroni style cocktail.
5: Oh yeah, right. I mean everything, everything. Like it's like mother
4: sauce. You mentioned holidays, which is a Correct. mother sauce. So it's like there's all these mother sauces. Rather, there's only five mother sauces. All sauces are derivative of those. Yeah, right. So it's kind of the same in the cocktail world. But it's more like eight.
5: Yeah, you can you can definitely categorize everything in terms of you know what what it is and what how it was at least what it came from and it might not necessarily be completely recognizable as that but if if we write the ingredients down on the paper it's going to it'll make sense
4: I, I the question that's rolling around in my head though is and i love that you guys would stand around and, and crush through whatever 100 or so cocktails you know that's the the Bruce Lee quote that i love which is uh, uh he said famously i don't fear the man who practices uh, 10,000 punches one time each i fear the man who practices one punch 10,000 times Right, so I can see that that's the, that's the goal. You're looking for that muscle memory. You're looking for that recognition. That Did taste, you really just fucking quote Bruce Lee on the show? <laughs> I, quote, I use that quote nice. all the time. It's I, I my first time to hear that. Uh, I don't think I've used but, it on the but show. Go, but go yeah. on. I, I, I appreciate it. You get it, though, right? Like, uh, <laughs> thank you. He's bowing over there. Um, <laughs> it's like... Um, Shaolin. Uh <laughs> <hoo-yah>! <laughs> I need <to laughs> okay, Dave. Uh, I, uh, I'm curious to know... Where did all that product go? You Were you just making Sazeracs and dumping them down the sink? Oh, yeah. Good Lord, man. Yeah. Why wouldn't you at least, like, just dump them all into a Cambro and put them in a barrel and have a barrel-aged blended multiple-piece Sazerac? I don't know, something.
5: I think at the time, you, <laughs> you know... You guys all- need to open a sidebar so you just <laughs> take over
4: the, the drainage. Yeah.
5: I think at the time, you know, all the managers from Alinea, you know, all the sous chefs and, and front house managers and stuff were the ones that we were making the drinks for. So they probably had a couple and then, you know... Four Sazeracs in, they're probably like, all right, I don't want any more That's Yeah, I'll take a sip and see if it's right and then get rid of it. Right. But, then move on. And then just drink yeah. some malort and some. some yeah, exactly. <laughs> in Chicago. Red, red
3: wine dynamite. Right. Yeah. Take, um, the okay. okay I, have, I mean, to me, like, the the whole idea of like Linea aviaria, like, it's all very, like, the, the idea of like what I understand of it is all very, like, very thoughtful. And the process and production of these drinks. Like, so much so that you've won, like, tons of awards for the cocktail program. And to me, I love that. I love that. It's it's super important. I'm kind of wondering, like, where... I mean, actually, where, like, you know, things like like this. Like, we're having this great, like... Old whiskey and Delicious. got like these great grand grandiose like productions of cocktails and and serving and garnish and just like not even just that it's beyond like serving and garnish. It's like holy shit, man, like this comes out on a, a, a this plate gets dropped on a pillow filled with lavender air right. <laughs> and then as it compresses the pillow it you know, like Yeah. It's a thing that they yeah, do. I you know, know. Yeah, like, yeah, but like so Wake and Bake Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Yeah, <laughs> I read, everything I'm, bagel here. I, I read yeah. about it. <laughs> so, as a bartender and someone who creates drinks, as a bar manager, where does it? Where I, I'm trying to like find my words here because like I'm I'm just like totally like transfixed by this these ideas that that I see from like and hear about from these places. I'm not I'm not trying to say like do you just drink Budweiser and shots like (laughs) after a ship but like is it is it exploratory is it like hospitality like what is the drive for you guys and and
4: yeah, is there like a company uh, ethos or
3: motto yeah, that you can like, boil like, into two sentences? That exactly, like, like a Danny Meyer kind of like setting the table vibe. Like.
5: Yeah, I mean, I guess like... Is that
3: something that like no one ever talks about with this group? I've never heard anyone talk about true. Like a like I a, think
4: the, the message seems clear to me. I'm curious yeah, to yeah, hear your thoughts. It. But like,
3: yeah.
4: I think the message is <clears throat> in both food and drink at, at these places that you operate, it's all about being... Um, a surprise and a delight to the guest at the same time being a satisfactory experience. Yeah, exactly. Like it's I can surprise you. <laughs> it may not be delightful. <laughs> <laughs> I can delight you and it may not be a surprise and I can do both of those things and still not be a satisfactory experience. But I think
5: that's the tie in, right? So you get the, the three prong approach. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's exactly that it's a drink that, that tastes good at the end of the day. So it's satisfactory. But then we add the, the other layer, which is an aroma or a visual or, you know, things like that. Some interactivity, or whatever it is. And that's kind of I guess the mentality of Alinea as well. And so we're it's it's very creative in a sense. We also push each other because, you know, like Alinea just went viral for, for clear pumpkin pie and it's like you know, I distilled pumpkin in two thousand eleven, pumpkin pie in two thousand eleven trying to make a drink with it and completely failed and it was terrible. <laughs> and then, you know, they, they all they do is put it on crust and it's like the most amazing thing ever. And it you know, so there's this kind of like um, I guess between us, there's a little bit of competition just to, to come up with new things and, and new exciting things and kind of share that. And also, like, we bounce stuff off each other all the time. And, like, the, the lavender pillow is a good example of that. That's an Alinea serve that we brought over to Aviary and applied it to cocktails. And, like, you know, it's 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 cool. Um, we've been doing it forever, uh, if you look at it. But also, we, we took it and reapplied it kind of to our, our thing, which is a drink. So.
4: What about service itself? There's no actual bar, right? You sit at a table?
5: Yeah, so the, the aviary is no, there's not a bar you can walk up to. Um, part of, I guess, part of what allows us to do what we do is the setup. So it's a it's a really expensive piece of custom steel that is the bar. So, you know, there's 12 glass drawers that are all freezers, and each station is like kind of its own cockpit. So, um, also not having a bar kind of eliminates the, the distraction in a way of, you know, people coming up and waving money at you and things that you deal with regularly. Right. Um, yeah. And so you you kind of get to focus a little bit more and be a little more involved in the process of the drink.
3: And you're you're, you're basically plating a, a cocktail.
5: Yeah, right. And it's it's definitely not not something that works at every bar, and you know, it's it's pretty unique for us. But it it is what it is, and that's you know how does that, like kind of our thing. I, I feel I, I'm like just that's wondering a, how
3: how that makes you feel as a bartender, like if someone has like been across the bar from customers, and then all of a sudden you don't have customers across from you, and you have like all the focus on these cocktails yeah right like it must be a a massive change of pace and
5: like not maybe maybe not pace but like just like your like mentality in your zone right yeah i mean it's when we hire people it's the it's the first conversation we have is like look this is not a traditional bar you don't get the interaction there's a little bit less your bar chef basically yeah and you know a lot of people love it people some people absolutely hate it you know like people walk in there like wait where are the guests i don't get to talk to people like you know, so they it's definitely for some people and not for some people, but I you know that's I think I think a lot bar. of
4: bartenders really yeah. thrive on that instant gratification of like being part of the experience with the guests right and some don't, and then there are people who can kind of do both, you know, like there are those people who work at maybe a high volume restaurant bar and some nights they're on point and sometimes they're on service, so some nights they don't speak to a single guest, sometimes they speak to all of
3: them, right. So the balance would be like <clears> doing that. And then having like two nights a week, and then having like two shifts behind like a crazy dive bar. Yeah. You're like, E.C.C. Uh, like Delilah's or something
5: for like
3: that. $25. <laughs> <laughs> With ID. That'd be amazing.
4: Um, so, but so what I was going to say is, I feel like, and again, I haven't been to, to either uh, the Chicago, uh, uh, office or here in New York, but, um, I feel like there's probably, a, a you know, a preconceived notion of how, um, that, that that sounds not intimate. But I the more I think about it and the more I listen to you describe some of the drinks and some of the, the process, I feel like it sounds to me like it's a very intimate thing, right? So I would, it's pretty rare, I'm assuming, that you go to this place alone. So you're at a table with someone you know and love, probably, and then these things keep coming over to your table, and you get to experience it with that person And maybe to some degree the person who's who's carrying it over and and displaying the serve, right? Yeah, and I mean you definitely it's like a show. Every drink is like a show and if you and no one orders all the same drinks in the same order, so everybody's show is different.
5: Yeah. Yeah. And you get a kind of experience with the people around you too. And one one really cool thing about it that we never thought about until now is like people don't order based on what's in our drinks. People order like it's like the fajita, flex, monkey, tea, you know? monkey do, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it walks Sizzling. through, and they can yeah, care right. less that it has tequila in it, and they never drink tequila since college or whatever it is. And they're like, "I want it. I don't care what's in it." And so people kind of like open themselves back up, yeah, which is is cool. I,
3: I sure. experienced that yeah. a lot at uh, kind of like the same same vibes over it. Like when I was working at ZZ's Clan Bar, sure, it was like there were no bar stools, but you were as a bartender, you are kind of on display with the rest of the booze. But uh, there's only like thirteen seats or whatever. But people would order drinks based on the, 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 the vessels. The, the vessels. Yeah. He's and got, he's got all that copperware that's before. You before, didn't really get to talk before it, to it got co opted
4: by big brands. Right. <laughs> don't, <clears throat> want, don't want to get into that. Yeah.
3: <clears throat> <laughs> um, but yeah. And also, to be fair, it was brass.
4: Oh, sorry, brassware. That's right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> then
3: it was copper. But um, yeah, man it was it was kind of a trip man like working behind that bar so i, I understand like what it i can kind of understand what it's like you know working behind these bars cuz you're basically like you were just in production you know and you're part of the production you know and
4: yeah. well at the office it's uh, you guys the the the, the what would you call them drink makers the drink makers yeah. are all behind glass they can be seen right yeah, the the kinda like uh, we are here on the studio. Right. People can see us through this big pane glass window, but yeah. they can't really interact with us too much, other than the, the wave or the nod. Or right, I can salivate over this woman's pizza. <laughs> the, the office um,
5: has has a an actual bar inside of it, so there's there are bartenders in the office. Um, and is which it the same kinda, same style of service in there? No, so that's like that's a speakeasy in in a way. So it's a lot of vintage spirits and, and kind of old school. It's like the aviary is more is focused on the presentation and how the drink looks and being, um, complex in that way. And then the office is, is more classic and more complex in the flavors that are in the glasses. So there's an actual bar in there. You can sit in the office and sit at the bar. And so that's definitely the, the solo guest kind of area, um, because it's, you know, is more, more traditional in a way. Um, but that's, that's our kind of like, it's our balance for the AV area, which makes it like, it allows us to do it because then, you know, especially in the hotel, people walk up and really want to want a martini or want want a manhattan and we don't have it on the menu in the aviary we have the ability to do that in the office so that's kind of our tipping point yin to our yang do do you or are you able to go off menu
4: like if someone walks in and they say oh i see the the wake and bake or whatever it's called i see the thing in the rocks i just want i just want that sazerac i know you made 120 of them in four hours (laughs) i want one of those sazeracs right
5: we um i mean in yeah yes and no it depends on the on the presentation, like the porthole, we can't just dump anything into. Um, but yeah, we could shoot anything into it in the rocks. Um, but at the same time, like it's, it's people give us the, the leeway to not have to do that necessarily because people come Cause in. they want to the come experience. to do the thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and so, so they're, a lot of people are, are kind of so taken back that they're just like ready kind of like to take themselves out of their comfort zone, which is cool. But in a, in a hotel, we kind of experienced what we never did in Chicago, which is people coming in and not knowing who we are, what we are doing? So that's actually it's been kind of refreshing to like really remind ourselves that at the end of the day it's still a bar. So if someone orders something, we we do our best to to make it happen. As long as it's something that's not crazy, like it's like you don't walk into a restaurant. <laughs> this fi- guy just said as long as it's something not crazy, <laughs> you don't you know, walk into oh, like a fine dining restaurant and go, uh, this is a restaurant. I want a pizza. It's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. If well, it's a fine dining restaurant, there's a certain cheeseburger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't order this, don't order a hamburger at the right. sushi bar. I get it. So, but if it's you know something we have the ability to do, obviously we'll do it. It's hospitality at the end of the day. So
4: exactly. Um, that's pretty amazing, man. And I, I think uh, I definitely need to find a spare evening, which is that's not going to happen. It, it never <laughs> not happens. Till, not till well, it will in January. In January, the book is is what's chewing up all my nights. Uh-huh. As soon as January comes, deadlines are over. It's either, it's done or it's done. That's a Whatever. Like right. there's a part of me that's like so excited for that. So I day. get my I get my southern back. <laughs> yeah, man, exactly. <laughs> we to like hang out. Other than the 45 minutes we hang out here once a week. All right. Um, well, tell us. Uh, okay, I, f- I feel like I haven't certainly haven't exhausted all my questions, but 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 maybe just give me some insight or enlightenment on something you'd like to talk about about the program or the bar itself or your experience here in New York or any of it.
5: Yeah, I mean, New York's been been great. It, it makes Chicago feel really small, which is is weird you know i never would have expected i've I've visited a lot but it's just once you actually get here and then you realize how long it takes to commute and like how far these places actually are apart it's like makes chicago feel so small which is has been kind of eye-opening in a way um but this is this is like really cool for us you know like we have we've all chicago at this point and like new york is the is the best of the best so it's cool to be in kind of a we were a small fish in a in a small pond and now we're kind of a small fish in a big pond um, and, and very a modest small yeah. fish well it, i mean <laughs> when you look idea? at the, <laughs> the grand scheme of of how many you know how many bars in new york are on the the 50 best bars list and how many win you know numerous awards that you can you can talk about and over and over and the aviary is not not at least not yet never been on that caliber or with that caliber in the same market so like there's there's a little bit I more did. of a friendly competition now like you know I kind of want to take the Nomad down. Like I want that. I want that spot. I want to be the best bar in New York now. Um, And that that's really cool because it's it's totally friendly competition, and everyone's been really really nice to us, and it's been it's been cool. So let's talk about that then for a second. Um, We're gonna run long,
4: obviously. Um, Let's talk about that for a second. How uh, can you name a couple of spots you've been while you've been in New York that you think were exemplary or that that like really caught your attention or Yeah, I mean, that could be any anything from you know, I, I, I always tout the fact that I'm glad that there's a spectrum. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I'm glad that One-Eyed Jacks exists. You know? And <laughs> One-Eyed Jake's. Ja- uh, Jake's, uh, whatever yeah. it was. It doesn't <laughs> matter. <laughs> Listen, when of your friends, he's, he's Jack one of Um You know, and I'm glad that that, uh, that that the office exists, and I'm glad that there's everything in the middle as well. So. Right. Is there a bar or, or even a restaurant that you've had a great experience at that that you're like holy shit this is this is what new york is or this right. is what bartending is or
5: i mean that's why i said the nomad that's like you know, yeah, especially for us it, it it applies really well you know they have a three michelin star restaurant 11 madison park and that was their first bar it's a bar inside of a hotel it's a union property like it's very it falls in line a lot with what we're trying to do and Are you union they, over there yeah it's union Oof. yeah um but they they've done an incredible job and that place is like as consistent as it gets, and you go there, and the food is amazing, and the drink is amazing, and like the Scotch service, olives. the people that work there, those, and they, those it's are awesome. constantly surprising. Like last time I went in there, they had a eight seat like little Japanese uh, highball bar. Oh, in the at, back, yeah, yeah, like you know, yeah. like, the, uh,
4: the they, seat, st- was it called, standing room, right? right. Yeah. In Japanese, like, I don't
5: know the word. And they they just keep they keep doing it, and they keep getting better, and like it's it's really inspiring. And you know, they're they're good friends of our our group too. So that's the that's the spot I think for me, but you know, the, it's New York. Like, there's there's tons of tons of places that are like legendary, that you know, and never never get worse. They just continue to get better with age. So, it's it's really cool scene to be part of for sure.
4: Yeah, or well, I think it's it's a great uh, addition to the to the pantheon here in New York to have have your team over and have have the things that you're doing. You know, again, like really. Surprise and delight, and, and and make people feel, I don't know, special. I feel I feel like that's the vibe that I'm getting off of everything you're talking about. If I if I get a seat there, I feel like I'm gonna feel special. Yeah. Speaking of getting seats, uh, is it reservation? How is it walk in? How's it go?
5: So we yeah we have both for sure. We um we sell tickets. So another kind of interesting thing that we do is oh, is it
4: via talk? Didn't didn't yeah. your
5: company create talk? Yeah. So um, yeah, I went to
4: a talk in uh, New Orleans about that.
5: Yeah. Talk is um. It's tickets for restaurants. So the same way you would buy a ticket to go to a Springsteen show, you buy a ticket to come to our, one of our restaurants because at the end of the day, like people... Is Springsteen there? Maybe. <laughs> 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 we'll see. Depends on the night. But, it, you know, it all it's like people make 100 reservations and then cancel half of uh, them. Yeah, the exactly. business struggles because of it. It just doesn't make any sense. So talk has, like, cured a lot of that. It's really good for us, too, because people can, you know, they can book deposits. It basically is just... Twenty dollars. That just guarantees that you show up. If you don't show up, it's twenty dollars out of your bank account. But it all comes off your bill at the end, so it's mm-hmm. not like it's a it's a it's more of a deposit than it is anything. It's a guarantee, you know? yeah, yeah. And so it's it's good for us, and it makes sure people show up and show up relatively on time. And um, but that's the aviarynyc.totxt.com. That's that's reservations. But it's again, it's inside of a hotel, so we try to keep a decent amount of tables open for hotel guests when they walk down that they're not totally, um, totally out of luck. So we have some tables, and we have a lot, of, a lot more wiggle room here than we do in Chicago, which is, is nice. Sure. It's what, a little what, bit bigger, too. What Which hotel are you in? Uh, it's in the Mandarin Oriental, which I, is on 60th in, in the Time Warner Building. Right. So And the, the view is, like, unbelievable. It's on the 35th floor. It looks out over Central Park. It's a like completely unobstructed view. So it's one of the best, I think, one of the best restaurant bar views probably in the world. So it's, it's unbelievable. Right. You yeah, have a lot of great neighbors in that building, too. Yeah. Yeah. They, we <laughs> so get a, a few, lot of love from a so, so few
4: places yeah. to eat and drink in that, in that <laughs> hotel. Right. Um, how about yourself? You got an Instagram you want to pump, or
5: uh, you, where are you? Where can we find you on the, on the World Wide Web? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm at Micah Melton, M I C A H M E L T O N. That's uh, Twitter, Instagram. And then um, we do have a book coming out as well. So we're, we're in the process of trying to finalize that.
4: Are you writing it on an iPhone?
5: <laughs> I, I, I'm writing a lot of it on my iPhone, actually. Yeah, um, that's, that's, I'm writing mine right here. This yeah, that's all I have. <laughs> so we had a we had a the, a couple called the Hamburgers who read the Alinea cookbook and then decided to write a book about cooking through the book, which was actually, I think, a little bit better than the actual Alinea book. <laughs> um, it's crazy. That's awesome. uh, and they, you know, they're like, it's unbelievable that basically we pried them out of their jobs. Um, in, in movie production to kind of come work with us and they're they're geniuses and their you know their photos and all that stuff are, are unbelievable so it's gonna be the book is gonna be awesome um, and what's it called it's gonna be the the aviary just called the yeah. aviary uh hundred and a hundred plus recipes from the aviary of the office and lots and lots of photos and it's all self published which is cool so we've we've done a lot of work that's to try part to, of the
4: ethos of your company as well it's like we do everything for ourselves right you yeah can't... I
5: mean at this, at this day like. <laughs> I guess bartenders and, and cooks have been taken advantage of by brands and companies for so many years. It's, it's refreshing to like kind of put your foot down and be like, no, we're just going to do it ourselves then. Um, and that's, that's book publishers as well. You know, like it's hard to, it's hard to get a, a good deal and do it the right way if you don't, if you don't do it yourself. Cause it's, it's just not, the contracts are just not beneficial. So mm. it's going to be, it's, it's, it's interesting for sure. It adds a lot of layers, but it adds a lot of control at the same time too so I think it's good. Right. Um, Damon, you got anything further? I'm going to look at the calendar real
4: fast.
3: I'm just like, I'm really excited about this book. I'm excited about the whole thing. um, And we need a book a date. Like, we'll, 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 you know, get it on on talk and uh, we'll go over to the, to the office man and, you know, it's been a while. Like, we're actually, like, we're in book season right now, so a lot of our guests have been uh, bringing out books and stuff. But like, it's uh, and and that's very exciting. I'm always excited for this time of year, mm-hmm. just in general, really, because it's my favorite time of year to like create drinks. Like, I love getting into the spice cabinet. You know, it's like this is a great time of year to get into cocktails. It's stirred, boozy, bitter, which I, I know I you're not it. very familiar <laughs> yeah. with, right? Yeah, I'm um, working on it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's really cool to like talk about both of those things. Mike, it's been really great having you on the show, man. This it's is really awesome. cool. Yeah, um, yeah. In in bringing that, I don't get to uh, Chicago very often, so I'm glad you brought it out here, <laughs> and I'm sad to see you go. Uh, you know, at the end of the year, but you know, like you said before, it's a really good time to go visit Chicago. You know, in January. Um, so right when the plows come up. But uh, yeah, man, thanks for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. And and also, again, thanks for this. Yeah, this, this delicious whiskey. whiskey. Wow, mm-hmm. really you know.
4: appreciate that. Um, super great having you on. Um, uh, and I feel like we could continue. So, yeah, so we, what you we need should have you is, back on. Exactly, is let us know when you're going to be back in yeah. town. and We can keep hey, talking so there, about what's going on. Speaking next. of, uh,
3: who do we have coming up uh, yeah. over the next couple months?
4: Coming up, we have. Uh, let's see, Bianca from Uncouth Vermouth is going to be here. She's launching her own um, Amaro. We mm. got. Uh, Sammy Ross uh, from uh, obviously from Attaboy uh, Diamond Reef, Attaboy Nashville, his project out in yeah. Vegas, like a lot of stuff going on with him. Uh, NYTC's Alan Katz, uh, the team from Jupiter Disco, which is Al and uh, Max. Uh, Willie Shine. Um, We've got Maggie Hoffman coming up, not too distant future. We're going to talk about her new book. Speaking of books, um, did I say Giuseppe Gallo already? Uh, he's going to be on, uh, talking about Italicus in his very you know, rich Italian accent. So, <laughs> lots of cool people coming up. Uh, so, plenty of great shows to tune into and listen to. So, yeah, yeah,
3: it's it's looking like a. It's looking like a great end of the year and beginning of the next year for us Yeah. Here at um, easy.
4: Yeah. should mention before we cut away that uh, our, our, fundraiser. our fundraiser is next Monday at the Brooklyn Botanical Gardens. Um, love to have you buy Beautiful a ticket and come out there and have some drinks made by Damon and I um, with a bun- bunch of cool sponsors.
3: Uh, we haven't actually bartended together in quite some time. It's been so a while. This, so for all of our listeners out there, uh, <laughs> if you want to come by and... Watch a couple
4: of knuckleheads bump into each other <laughs> uh, then go over to the office afterwards. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, come on over if you can. If you can't, uh, you know, uh, well, if you can come over, there's going to be lots of cool uh, raffles and uh, um, uh, silent auctions as well as a live auction, I believe. Um, trying to raise money for the network so that all of our shows can stay on the air. If you can't make it to that, please uh, go to our website and click on the beating heart so that you can donate to keep heritage radio network, a nonprofit organization pumping out great shows, just like this one with great guests, like Micah Melton from the office.
3: Yeah, absolutely, man. Again, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Let's click some
4: glasses, man. Yeah. yeah. Cheers, guys. Thank Cheers. you so much. Thanks. Well, that's
3: it for the speakeasy this week. Tune in to Heritage Radio Network for many more programs like this one. Until next week. Cheers. Cheers, guys. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and
1: roll Lord no. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil his groove in that rhythm and blues that It's gonna
2: get